America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Uh, not such a great day, however, in terms of what is going on in Memphis, Tennessee. The uh, case that has exploded all of a sudden because of charges from a grand jury today, there are charges against five police officers who were involved in uh, the tragic um, beating following a traffic stop, a traffic arrest uh, of the suspected uh, reckless driving. And they stopped a young man named Tyree uh, Henry, who is no longer alive. He was stopped actually on January 7th. So it's a, a while ago. He was a FedEx employee. He was 29 years old. And he was apparently beaten to death. Uh, the five Memphis police officers have been arrested. They've been charged with murder and the beating death of uh, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols. Sorry, and that occurred on January 7th. This will be a name... I am sure that will be well known to everybody. No one will make the mistake, stupid mistake that I made just a moment ago. It's a shocking case and uh, a horrible case, and it's not made any less horrible by the fact that all of the five officers who have been arrested are black. The victim is black. And uh, it is, again, the police officers who have been fired, and they are now in custody. They are in prison. There, in fact, is a possibility they will be held without bail because of the seriousness of this matter. Part of what is going on at the very moment is that the families of uh, Tyree Nichols have seen some of the body camera footage uh, I think all of the body camera footage available, they have been horrified by it. The public has not seen it yet. They are talking about releasing that footage for the public as soon as tomorrow. And uh, uh, the the great concern about that is that releasing this footage could lead to civil unrest, riots. Uh, this is rem reminiscent uh, not uh, just of the George Floyd case, but it's reminiscent of the Rodney King case, which led to devastating riots in Los Angeles. I mean, with literally billions of dollars in damage and people's businesses sacked, uh, for some reason, uh, Korean store owners were particularly targeted in the Rodney King riots. And uh, I, again, uh, will that happen here? There's certainly great care by the civil officials in Memphis to try to make sure that it doesn't. The Time magazine uh, does a timeline. What they write about the arrest is five Memphis police officers have now been arrested and they've been charged with murder and the beating death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols on January 7th. He died on January 10th. A Nichols family's lawyers said Nichols was killed following what was supposed to be a routine traffic stop that turned into a brutal beating reminiscent of the 1991 assault on Rodney King 
In an initial description of the incident, police wrote in a January 8th statement, that's the day after the incident occurred, that as officers attempted to make a traffic stop for reckless driving, a confrontation occurred and the suspect fled the scene on foot. The statement added that the officers pursued Nichols and in attempting to do so, another confrontation occurred and that he was later apprehended. The statement noted that Nichols complained of having a shortness of breath and he was transported to hospital in critical condition. Officials have said that Nichols had a medical emergency, but Nichols' family accused police of causing him to have a heart attack. Uh, Benjamin Crump, the attorney for the family, who has handled many other cases like this one, not that this one isn't more serious because it resulted in death, but he's handled other cases as well that have resulted in death. Crump also pushed back on an initial statement from the police that a confrontation occurred. In an interview with Time magazine on Tuesday, he said it's hard to see Tyree doing anything that resembles a confrontation, but everybody can judge for themselves how unnecessary this was. Uh, people have spoken up uh, with very fond memories of uh, Tyree Nichols. Here are 10 things we know about him. He lived in Memphis, Tennessee. He had also lived in Des Moines, Iowa, and in different parts of California, including Woodland and Sacramento. He is the son of Roe Vaughn Wells, and uh, he's Rodney Wells' stepson. His mother's name was tattooed on his arm. He was a FedEx employee. He was into skateboarding and photography. He enjoyed watching the sunset at Shelby Farms Park in Memphis. He had Crohn's disease and suffered from severe weight loss. He was 6'3", 6 feet 3 inches tall, weighing only 145 pounds, which means he was very thin. Uh, in 2019, his son was born. Uh, at around 8.30 p.m. on January 7th, he was pulled over for reckless driving by Memphis Police Department officers Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith. After two different confrontations with the officers, he complained of shortness of breath and was taken to a hospital in Memphis in critical condition on January 10th, uh, 2023. He passed away. He died at age 29. Uh, this morning... Uh, Representative Steve Cohen, who represents Memphis in Congress, has for a long time, uh, spoke on the House floor on this incident. This is clip 17. I am the congressman who represents the great city of Memphis. Right now, much of the national media is looking at Memphis as there was a awful killing of a 29-year-old African-American man by five police officers within the last few weeks. The five police officers have been fired by the police department for violating their oath. The DA will announce charges in a few hours. It could be a situation where people want to exercise their First Amendment rights to protest actions of the police department. And people should, but they should be peaceful and calm. We have a new DA, we have a new U.S. attorney, and we have a new police director. They are the right people at the right time to bring about reform 
and to deal with this case to see that justice is rendered. I grieve for the life of Tyree Nichols, whose life should not have been extinguished. He was an outstanding young man, and it's extremely sad that he was killed. I pray for my city. And uh, we can add prayers for the rest of the country. There have been concerns uh, and and possible talk of federal prosecution because this uh, will, apparently when the footage is uh, released, um, provoke a, a very, very intense reaction. Uh, the stepfather of uh, the young man who was killed, who is uh, named Rodney Wells, uh, spoke and said that the police officers made his stepson into a human pinata and uh, that he was beaten for the course of between three minutes and uh, four minutes, which was enough to produce extensive and ultimately fatal damage. Uh, we will we will talk more about this because it is uh, going to become a big national focus. And again, uh, people on on every side of this issue are asking for the same thing, which is yes, protest, but for calm and to stay away from more violent confrontations in response to this violent confrontation. More coming up on the Medved Show. On the Michael Medved Show, talking about the tragic uh, death of Tyree Nichols. Why is it tragic? He's 29 years old. Uh, of, of course, and it always happens when someone is victimized, especially in a confrontation with police. Uh, people remember the the loving and lovely parts of the person who is no longer there. The idea that he was into skateboarding and photography and he had a four-year-old son who uh, to whom he was very devoted. Uh, it's... Uh, it's all terribly, terribly sad, and uh, the the way that the timeline and the aftermath was described on CNN uh, sounded like this. This is clip 55. Did their own independent autopsy, and what they found, according to their attorney, Ben Crump, was that uh, Tyree Nichols died from severe bleeding as a result of a beating. Now, Don, I want to take you out here to the scene. This is where it all started. This is the intersection that police say that Tyree Nichols was first stopped by police, and then he ran. There was a pursuit along this road here, all the way just about under a mile near where his mother lives, and that is where ultimately he would die, where investigators say police wind up catching up to him and then something happened and according to the family which has viewed body camera footage they say that he was beaten in that location ultimately was taken to the hospital where he died now don most of what we know about what happened here is not coming from the police they have refused to release any information basic 
questions to the police about were these officers in uniform? What time exactly was Tyree Nichols taken to the hospital? All those questions have remained unanswered by the police. As we know, five officers were fired. Two EMTs here were placed on leave as a result of this incident. And now we wait. We wait for the district attorney to make his decision on whether or not he's going to pursue charges. And of course, ultimately, that video, the body camera footage and other footage that police have done. The uh, charges have been filed. Uh, they, for all of the five officers, the charges include most significantly second degree murder, which means the first degree murder they would have to have had planning in advance, which they clearly did not. They would have had to have uh, advance intent of killing this young man. Uh, they were also charged with aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, official misconduct, and official oppression. I don't know what that charge means in Tennessee law. The Just minutes ago at the press conference with the district attorney announcing this prosecution, and again, they have moved quickly on all of this, and the fact is these officers are now in jail. Uh, at the press conference uh, moments ago, there was not a great willingness to open up about some of the details that were already raised by the media. Uh, listen. We won't comment right now on the presence or absence of the legality of the stop, but there was a traffic stop and there was an initial altercation uh, involving several officers and Mr. Nichols. Um, pepper spray was deployed. Uh, the uh, suspect, or not the suspect, Mr. Nichols, uh, fled on foot. There was another altercation uh, at a nearby location at which the, the, the serious injuries uh, were experienced by Mr. Nichols. After some period of time of um, waiting around afterwards, he was taken away by an ambulance. Beyond that, I don't really think I, we should go into any further details. Um, no further details. A CNN did obtain some portions of the police scanner audio that led up to the arrest of Tyree Nichols, who who died three days after he was pulled over. It sounded like this. You got one male black running. Okay, set up a parameter. You know, the Scorpion car pull over to East Ranger Ross. You have one running on foot. Hey, run that, run that tag and see what the address is. Run that tag. Oh, He's fighting at this time. Check the box. And uh, again, uh, the the version of what happened and why this happened, how recklessly he really was driving. They they even indicate there are some some questions about whether this was a legitimate or appropriate traffic stop. Um, the uh, uh, the comments of uh, his mother uh, and. Uh, his mother's name is uh, Rovan Wells. Uh, she commented about what happened to her son, uh, Clip 19. I hate the fact that us as black people, we're out here killing each other. That's right. For what? Come on. I, I don't know why. Come on, Mom. We have the police killing us. Mm -hmm. That's right. I don't know why. I just don't understand why all, we have to have all this violence and everybody have to kill each other. 
I mean, what happened to this world? Everybody want to kill each other. Nobody don't want to talk to each other anymore. What happened to the humanity and kindness? That's right. Amen. What happened to it all? Amen. I, 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 I don't know. But I just want to say, I want everybody to thank you guys for coming. And we're going to get justice for my son, Tyree, if that's the last breath I take. That's right. Amen. Because at the end of the day, my son and no son deserves this. Uh, no son deserves this. Uh, this is the attorney for the family, Ben Crump, commenting on the video uh, which the family has seen of Tyree being beaten by the police. What we can tell you about the video is it is appalling. It is deplorable. It is heinous. Attorney Ramanucci, Attorney Ramanucci, where was your word? Violent? Violent. Violent. And it's very troublesome on every level. And uh, again, a troublesome and horrifying incident on every level. We're going to be speaking to a former federal prosecutor, Andy McCarthy. Uh, and uh, Andy, of course, is a contributing editor at National Review. There are other issues facing the country right now. And one of them has to do with the Justice Department. This issue will come up with the Justice Department because federal charges, federal civil rights charges, uh, could also very conceivably be drawn up. You, you may remember that was what led to the imprisonment and the conviction was the civil rights charges of the Rodney King officers uh, back in 1991. Andy McCarthy is going to talk about Okay, we have a special counsel investigating President Trump. We have a special counsel investigating President Biden. What about Mike Pence? Does he deserve the same thing? And uh, do we need an investigation across the board for public officials about handling of uh, top secret documents? We will get to that with Andy McCarthy coming up. Michael Medved show, uh, they have just announced that the uh, Memphis uh, authorities are going to be releasing the body cam footage of the arrest and uh, and then the beating, fatal beating as it turned out, of uh, Tyree Nichols. That will be released tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central Time. Um, and why they picked that particular time... It's one of many, many questions. Uh, not all those questions can be answered by Andrew McCarthy, but certainly some of them. He is a former, very distinguished federal prosecutor. He's a best-selling author and contributing editor at National Review. Uh, Andy, we were going to be talking about the, the other obsession in the country right now, which is the misuse of federal documents. But uh, this case in Memphis with five police officers already charged with murder. Uh, as a former federal prosecutor, do you think that there will also be federal charges to follow against these officers? 
I sure hope not, Michael. I, I see from the coverage that they have opened a civil rights investigation. And I must say, what I don't understand, uh, if you read the very first sentence of the uh, New York Times coverage, it's the, you know, it's the old narrative, the old obsession. It says, five Memphis police officers have been charged with the murder in with murder and the death of uh, Tyree Nichols, a 29 year old black man. Uh, and you have to read, you know, further down in the in the story to learn that the five police officers are also young black men, um, every one of them. So it seems to me that what you have here is outrageous police misbehavior. I mean, obviously, this is all uh, an allegation at this point, and it'll have to be proved in court. But if the allegations are true, um, you have police misconduct, which rose to the level of excessive force that resulted in death. And these five officers or former officers are quite properly if that's what the evidence uh, shows, uh, being accused of second-degree murder, for which they can go to prison for most, if not all, of the rest of their lives. Um, the civil rights statute in question, I double-checked it um, uh, because I've been writing about this, uh, talks about a killing or uh, any kind of a, a abusive behavior, but here we're talking about killing under the color of law, uh, which obviously would involve uh, police officers or, or state officials, but police officers uh, fit the bill. Um, if it's carried out for uh, out of racial animus um, or some other discriminatory purpose. And I don't see for the life of me how in the world this is a racially this is a killing that exhibits racial animus five young black officers and a, a black victim in a majority black police department that's run by a black chief of police who fired the five black officers for violating the standards that the Memphis police de department demands of its Personnel. So why this should be um, a, you know, a, a racially charged issue, um, it, it just seems to me that that stokes our very worst political narratives. And we ought to be looking at this as, as what it apparently is, which is a second degree murder. When I was a kid, that was, you know, that was plenty bad enough. Yeah. I'm, one of the things that I, I know people are going to be talking about is... Uh, and I'll just ask for your opinion. I have mine. Uh, mm -hmm. If the victim here was a white victim uh, and uh, who was beaten, arrested by five black officers, would that make this uh, a bigger issue or would it receive less attention than, than this is received in dominating our national conversation at the moment? I doubt it would get much attention. It wouldn't be treated as a civil rights case by the uh, by a Democratic administration because progressives, even though this is not in the language of the civil rights laws, progressives think that there can't be a civil rights violation unless the perpetrator is a member of a, a of a privileged 
majority as they look at it, and uh, the victim is a member of an oppressed minority. That's simply the, the narrative that they uh, inject into the laws, even though the, the text of the laws doesn't say that. And, and I, would, I would add to that, Michael, because to me this is, this is equally disturbing. Um, if these were five young black men who were gang members who killed another young black man on the streets of Philadelphia or Chicago or St. Louis or what have you, Baltimore. this would not be a story at all. And it would not be investigated as a civil rights violation. So the only reason, the only reason it's being investigated as a civil rights violation is because these were police officers, which is crazy. Which is, again, a very, very important perspective. I mean, the only reason it's news is because they are police officers. And, of course, the job of police officers is to protect you, not to kill you. And uh, it, it apparently they they have one of these breaking stories that just came across my desk is that one of the uh, officers in involved here, Demetrius Haley, had a previous incident where he was disciplined when he was a prison guard for um, uh, beating one of the prisoners. Um, right. They they allowed to bring this up in trial. It'll depend on what defenses he raises. Uh, if the evidence is strong enough, my, my view of this always as a prosecutor is that um, evidence of what they call uh, similar acts is, uh, is very fraught um, because if the, if the appellate court believes that the jury may have convicted on account of the, the prior uncharged incident, under circumstances where the proof of the, the incident that's actually indicted and on trial, if it's comparatively weak compared to the, to the uh, similar incident, they can reverse uh, a conviction on, that, uh, on those grounds. So my own practice was that if I didn't need that evidence, I would, you know, if my, if my case was strong enough without it, um, I didn't want to imperil the chance of having the conviction hold up on appeal uh, by going there if I didn't have to. Right. Um, if if we have a, a moment more, and I hope that we do. Yeah, sure. Uh, I want, want to get to the, uh, the you brought up the idea that Mike Pence doesn't deserve his own uh, special counsel on uh, this issue of the mishandling of uh, documents. Uh, what's so different about the vice president? Well, it's not a question of difference of the vice president. It's the there should not have been a special counsel for for former President Trump. The issue with the special counsel isn't the crime that's under investigation. So the fact that Pence is implicated for a crime for which special prosecutors have been uh, ordered now in two other cases is not really dispositive. What matters in the special counsel context is whether there's a conflict of interest between the Justice Department and the person under investigation. There's no conflict of interest that prevents the Justice Department from conducting an investigation of Mike Pence. Where the conflict would come in would be the Biden Justice Department having to investigate Biden or, you know, a member of the Biden administration, the Biden family, because there you can see the conflict. They should never have had a special counsel for Trump. 
whom the Justice Department was investigating just fine for the last two years without uh, any special counsel. Okay, and there so, doesn't need to be one to pen. Okay, we will get to that and more and how all of this ends up and does it really endanger the security of the United States. That and more coming up with Andy McCarthy of National Review. Michael Medved Show, always an honor and a pleasure to talk to Andy McCarthy, who knows our legal system, uh, particularly regarding federal prosecutions and violations. He knows our legal system as well as anybody. And he was a star prosecutor in New York City in the Southern District of New York. He is also a best-selling author, and he is a uh, contributing editor at National Review and a fellow at the National Review Institute, and on top of everything else, a uh, Fox News contributor. And, uh, okay, you basically have taken the position that it was a mistake for uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, to appoint one special prosecutor uh, he was sort of left with the choice, having appointed the special prosecutor for Trump, even though Jack Smith, that prosecutor, is supposed to be uh, looking over uh, of, of various charges against Trump. To the very best of my knowledge, the only thing that Robert Hur, the special counsel for President Biden, is supposed to be looking at is these documents next to his Corvette. He He's not authorized, is he, to generally... Uh, examine or explore the relationships between uh, oh Hunter Biden and the art gallery that uh, uh, that was offering his paintings for sale. That that's not under the focus of the special uh, counsel, is it? That's right, Michael. As my understanding is, he would have to go back to the Justice Department to get expanded authority to look at that. And the chances are they, that he'd be told no if he asked, because they are they have framed the uh, Hunter Biden, what I would regard as the Biden family investigation, because I think it, the importance of it is um, the foreign infusions of money into the Biden family coffers, obviously to cash in on Joe Biden's political influence. But they have been calling that the hunter biden tax investigation and it's assigned to another prosecutor david weiss uh in delaware uh the u.s attorney there so i don't think that uh i, I doubt the justice department would give her expanded jurisdiction his as i understand it it's narrow as you described and that that uh, david weiss investigation down in delaware that was authorized under attorney general uh bill barr wasn't it that's correct yes it goes back to at least uh, 2019. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say this to a, a former prosecutor, but isn't wouldn't it be helpful if we could somehow decriminalize our politics a little bit and, and not uh, make so much of what will determine uh, the next leader of this great country dependent upon... Uh, a, a great variety 
and long list of potential prosecutions for uh, both the former president and the current president. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. In fact, you mentioned Bill Barr. That was uh, uh, that was his main complaint, too, that, that what we really needed for the betterment of both the Justice Department and American electoral politics was to get the Justice Department out of American electoral politics. It's not good. We, it's been catastrophic for the FBI, and it's. I, I don't see any way that it's good either for the electoral system uh, or for— Law enforcement. Obviously, if you have serious criminal behavior, it's got to be investigated. But we must, in this you know great country of 330 million people, we must be able to have to find two who you know are not under <laughs> investigation. Maybe. And would, wouldn't wouldn't that be refreshing? Uh, the uh, I, I I understand that one of the focuses of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Uh, under Jamie Comer is is going to be on uh, Hunter Biden's artistic ambitions. Uh, mm. Did you follow that? I mean, it, well, I, I I do think in general they ought to be investigating all of the money that that uh, that goes into the Biden family, which seems to be out of proportion to the um, <laughs> uh, to the services that that Hunter is capable of. Uh, of providing, and I, you know, on a serious note, I, I would simply say that um, the framers would have been stunned by the suggestion that uh, executive misconduct, that, that the check against that would be prosecutors who work for the president. You know, it, it really is supposed to be Congress who investigates this stuff. Well, as I think we're going to get those investigations. In terms of looking ahead, you were saying we should be able to find uh, two people. Uh, maybe even people below the age of 70 uh, <laughs> or, or below the age of what said Trump is going to be 78 at the the time of the election uh, to find two younger and, and different people. Do you see uh, anybody that is demonstrating real leadership on either the Republican side or the Democratic side right now? Well, I, I think it, you know, obviously for DeSantis to have won by uh, 20 points as he did uh, and to have, have uh, really solidified the Republican gains in Florida is a, is a major achievement. I think Youngkin's um, done something similar, although on a, on a smaller scale in Virginia. So I think, you know, I think on the Republican side, there's a number of people who are uh, who are very interesting, and if I were a you know if I were a lefty, I suppose I could get um, I could get excited about Gavin Newsom. I can't, um, but I think you know. I, but you know, obviously, somebody like if I, I just think we have to take everybody seriously. We have a tendency on the on the right, I think, to roll our eyes at some of these guys. I'm sure maybe they roll their eyes at, at us too. But um, anybody who gets nominated. Uh, as a Democrat, is going to start with like 45, 46 percent of the electorate, and the election is going to be decided by you know a small portion of Americans in the middle. So I think we should be taking everyone seriously. Yeah, uh, the um, uh, obviously the question of how these primaries go. They uh, uh, the Democrats right now seem to be tied up uh, with trying to reorder the schedule 
for primaries and to take away New Hampshire's traditional role as the first primary state. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to juggle this primary system or should we stick with tradition? No, I think, well, I think we should stick with tradition because it's a good tradition. Um, it, it allows us to sort of measure one against the next, you know, in each uh, in each cycle. And but, but I also guess, Michael, my, what I'm suspicious about is why Biden is doing this. You know, I mean, there's not really any good reason to do it except it's payback to um, Clymer, who was a very important supporter of his the last time around. And I think he worries that he's going to get thumped. Uh, in the early primaries like he did the last time. So we'd rather go someplace where he's apt to win big. And I, I, I just don't know how much that really helps. Well, again, South Carolina was a refuge for him and without South Carolina. Right. So naturally it's moved uh, first in line. But uh, the, the idea that the president uh, even is concerned uh, about a primary challenge, and I think trying to move the schedule of primaries is a uh, an indication of that, moving Nevada up and moving South Carolina to the front of the line before Iowa or uh, New Hampshire. They also have, remember, the Iowa caucuses last time were a full-out bloody mess. Yes. I, I mean, they, well, they still don't know who won. I mean, it was uh, that was uh, Pete Buttigieg <laughs> or Bernie Sanders, or, uh, and and Joe Biden. I think finished sixth in the Iowa caucuses last time. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't feel that sorry for them because they're all socialists, so everyone should win, right? So I, I guess <laughs> that's know. right. Right, to divide it, divide it all, and every everybody. If you don't win, you get a participation trophy. Amen. Yeah, Amen. I mean, you get a participation trophy for uh, joining us on the Michael Medved Show. You can read the latest columns by uh, Andy McCarthy. Uh, he's working on one right now, which he interrupted to speak to us, which I appreciate, I am sure, on the situation in Memphis and the coming prosecution. Uh, we will be talking uh, later about... Um, artificial intelligence and is it really a a savior or a threat for our future and particularly regarding children uh, we'll be talking about that with somebody who has worked in the field for a very long time and uh, having uh, uh, to do with chatbots we'll get to that and more in this greatest nation on God's green earth